Welcome to Foster Career Experience, a podcast featuring interviews with people who've had experience with the foster care system about their lives, their career journeys, and their stories of navigating the workplace. We all bring unique histories with us in our jobs, and by understanding each other's experiences, we can make the workplace better for everyone. Today's episode features Brenda, a Gen Xer who's worked in healthcare for decades and who is currently pursuing her doctorate in nursing. Quiet lobbies, sad faces stop to smile at the girl sitting in the well-worn chair with white sneakers and stonewashed jeans with the elastic top. Noses tickle from the faint scent of bleach and saline that disguise the smell of body fluids that patients had left behind. The little girl knows the hospital inside and out. She knows the patients down the hall who are lonely for visitors. She knows the nuns who run the hospital and is a regular visitor at their home behind the hospital that's filled with the warm smells of gooey cookies, sticky modeling clay that leave colorful stains on her fingers, and the sound of water splooshing against the side of an aluminum tank a makeshift pool for the summer. When I was young, I, I always wanted to be a doctor, right? When I was young. I grew up in a hospital because my aunt who raised me uh, um, was a nurse, or she still is a nurse. And so, believe it or not, the the school bus would actually drop me off at the hospital. It's just, It was a small town, right? And I would sit in the lobby um, doing my homework. When we were little, my uh, aunt didn't have a babysitter, so they would take us to, the nuns ran the hospital, and they lived in the back of the hospital in a beautiful home. They were so funny. Um, and they let me, you know, hang out with them. I remember specifically, I don't know if you remember the when the Play-Doh or the clay came in like a box with different colors. Like, they always had Play-Doh for me. Always, always, always had Play-Doh for me. And they cooked you know, always make cookies. I mean, they were just, they were amazing. These experiences set the foundation for Brenda's future career in the medical field, though her career didn't begin there. So, I mean, that really set a foundation for the medical field. Um, And I always said when I was little, I was going to become a doctor and take care of my aunt um, because she took me in, you know. Um, And so... Social work kind of just made sense because of growing up in foster care. I wanted to help people and I knew what it was like when you're in foster care. You know, it's funny because there's bits and pieces that I don't remember from my childhood. And the more, I guess, educated I've made myself with, you know, becoming a social worker and nursing and learning about development, there was a lot of pieces that I really, in school, that I don't even remember some of the foundations that were set. And I'm like, why are those pieces missing for me? And it was because I was in survival mode, right? Like I was in survival and that's my thoughts were not about what I'm learning. It was about the um, situation I was in. The, also the other part was that self-esteem and that like not, you know, and I didn't know any doctors. I didn't know anybody who go to ask, like, who, you know, like, 
how do you do this? Or what do I need to do? Or, you know, I didn't know any of this. Brenda started working for Child Protective Services. At age 29, she went back to school to become a nurse. Now, Brenda has been working in nursing for nearly 20 years in a variety of areas, including labor and delivery, ICU, home health care, and pick line nursing, which is a specialized skill where nurses administer long-term antibiotics or medications that are toxic to a patient's veins through a special line inserted in the patient's arm. I just feel like there's so much to do and to limit yourself to one thing is, is that you know, you're, it's a disservice. And I told, you know, nurses coming into this field, I said, don't limit yourself. It's going to be scary to try new things, but try them. Throughout her time in nursing, Brenda's start in social work has helped provide a different perspective and inform how she provides care. That job helped me learn to connect with people or helped me like really see a person as a whole instead of just, okay, you're here and you're, you're sick, you know? (laughs) And also resources, because I, you know, people would be talking like, well, you got this and this and this. And, you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, there's this resource out there. And they just, because they didn't realize, a lot of nurses I worked with at the time, when I, especially when I was a baby nurse, they had no idea I had a social work background. And it, particularly going into labor and delivery, right? And um, I'm like, you know, there's this resource out there. There's this home, blah, blah, blah. And there was things that I could throw out there. And they're like, oh, how do you know that? I said, well, I was a social worker for several years. And, you know, I worked at these facilities or I connected, you know, and sometimes I had connections out there for these places. So it really, really helped. And it also helped me help the patients because, you know, the hospitals that I worked in were always like low, you know, low socioeconomic areas. And so a lot of the patients who came in, came in drugs and, you know, just a bunch of things. And we had to call CPS on a lot of them, unfortunately, and they knew it. And I was able to tell them, look, this is how it works. And I can, you know, this is what you can do, but you got to be on, you know, and give them the perspective from the other side. Like I was a social worker and I can tell you, you know, these are the steps you can take. Don't give up because of this and this and this. And so that was very helpful. And it's, it's almost like it, it comforted them to know like, okay, because all they see is, oh, this person's going to come take my kids or the bad guys. And I'm like, at that point, they had already, I'd already developed a connection. So I'm like, look, this person like me is going to come see you. You know, it's not like this horrible monster is going to come to your house and take your kids. I said, they want to know how they can help you. And so, you know, it really did help. I mean, I, I would not trade that experience as a social worker working for CPS for the world. I really wouldn't. Brenda advanced in her career and is now a house supervisor. That's part of the hospital's administrative team. But her career hasn't been without challenges. Brenda has a strong relationship with her boss. They've worked together for years, moving to different hospitals together when opportunities arose. At first, they had a mentor-mentee relationship, which grew into a friendship over the years. It's funny because we have a friendship, but we're not allowed to have a friendship at work, which is hard for me to swallow because I, my friends, I take very much like to heart. You know what I mean? Like they're my, you're my friend for a reason (laughs) and I will do anything I can to help you. However, 
Brenda received feedback from HR that her friendship with her boss made other staff members feel like they couldn't talk to leadership. They're like, well, people are afraid to come to her because they think you and her are friends. I'm like, well, we are. Like, you know, I mean, we are. Like, it's not a secret, you know. Obviously, I came with her to, from another hospital. And she was like, they were like, well, they're afraid to come to her because they think she's going to not. I said, oh, my God. I said, and they were like, and you're running around telling people you're friends. I said, first of all, I'm not doing that. If I said it in a conversation, like, oh, because, you know, just <clears throat> an innocent conversation, not a braggy, you know, I don't do that. Um, I said, if I said in, I said, I'm sorry if they took it to the next level of, well, she doesn't discipline me. I was like, because how many times have you written me up? <laughs> she was like, lots. I said, you're harder on me than anybody else. I said, they, why don't they understand that? I said, you know, that's their fault if they're not, that's, that's not my fault they're not willing to go to you. That's your fault, not mine. Brenda is outspoken and direct at work. While being direct is helpful in a hospital full of emergency situations, it also creates challenges. You know, like most parents, they, they involve you, right? They like, you know, help you learn to make good decisions or you're usually a part of that, you know, whatever's going to happen. But that didn't happen in foster care. They made decisions for you. It also taught me to like not be very trusting of people. I guess because I had to fight so much. I still feel sometimes I have to fight. I think growing up that way, it's like nobody's going nobody's gonna to do it for you. Now, Brenda is taking the next big step for herself, obtaining her doctorate of nursing practice. So I will end up being a doctor. <laughs> and I didn't think I could get into this program, and I didn't see myself in this program several years ago. I thought about going back to school, but it was still that in my head, I'm not smart enough to get a master's. I'm not smart enough to, you know what I mean? Even though I know I, you know, like, but then what I learned along the way, it's not about how smart you are. It's about how hard you're willing to work. Her first semester, Brenda was nervous about her writing skills, so she hired a tutor to review her papers for class. School has made Brenda better at asking for help. Like, it takes me a lot to ask for people to help me. It really, really does. I would rather, but I have learned in school, particularly if I'm going to be successful, I can't do this alone. I cannot do this. If I don't know, I have to, I have to ask for help. And I really feel like God put me in this opportunity. I'm not going to blow it. I'm not going to. And I'm a, and I'm I'm very competitive and a perfectionist in a lot of ways. And I'm like, uh-uh. if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it all. It's going to be all in. After she obtains her doctorate degree, Brenda dreams of opening a mobile mental health clinic and traveling to rural areas to offer care. Brenda grew up in a small town where mental health care was hard to find. And she knows the other youth in foster care experience this as well. Oh, yeah. I'm so proud to be a nurse. You know, like, I, I just, I love it. I love, you know, nursing is one of the most trusted professions in the world. Over the years, Brenda has thought that people felt sorry for her because she was in foster care. She didn't want them to. At almost 50 years old, I am proud that I was in foster care because there aren't a lot of us, right? I mean, there are, but they're not, right? We're way outnumbered by the people who have parents. <laughs> so I kind of feel like I'm a part of an elite group. One thing that I do, I have a huge collection of Wonder Woman, right? My car is even Wonder Woman. I have a 
wrap on my Corvette that's wonderful. And people are like, why Wonder Woman? I'm like, because like she number one sticks up for the underdog. If you've ever seen any, you know what I mean? She's, you know, and she's about justice and what's right. Right. And I'm very much the same way. I'm about what's right. What's right is right. What's wrong is wrong, you know? And, um, she like represents me. Like it, it represents who I am because, and I feel like Anybody who grew up in foster care and who's making it, and even if they're not, that we're all superheroes because we made it. Brenda felt like a superhero a few years ago when she did an IV infusion therapy treatment for a patient living near a Catholic university. So I went to a private school, Arlay Lake University, and I did, and I never knew that right next door, nuns lived there. They had like a home, I don't know, it was a home, nurse, kind of a nursing home, kind of retirement place. I didn't know that. So when I was doing my IV infusion therapy for um, one of the companies I was working for, they sent me there. And I'm like, man, I'm like, all right. Not knowing that I was going to take care of a nun. Well, funny thing is, is that uh, we started talking, you know, we just somehow started talking and... Um, Turns out they know they knew the nuns that I used to be that used to take care of me because they ran the hospital, Sisters of Mercy. Um, it was Mercy Hospital, the Sisters of Mercy, and we started talking. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, yeah, like we remember that, yes, and so and so. I mean, and they got so excited. So from the first visit I had with this person, because I was going pretty much every day because they were having IV infusion therapy. There was one nun. By the time I left, I had like seven nuns in the room. They'd all come in. Do you know she knows? And we would talk. And it was just like the coolest experience ever. Like so awesome. So it's like, oh my God, I cannot believe this. Like they know like these nuns who helped raise me. They like schedule their whole like day around me going. And it was so cool. <laughs> but yeah, the nuns were really good to me. So what's so different about Brenda and Wonder Woman? or even nuns for that matter. They all come from a land of women with strong ideals. They use their truth like a lasso to fight for what they care about. They love an underdog and they are ready to fight injustice everywhere. Yeah, only superheroes here. Thanks for listening to this episode. This podcast was created and hosted by me, Sam Heimbach. It was produced by Zachary Webb. Podcast art and website design are by Hannah Finvez of HMF Design. Music is from Soundstripe. This podcast was funded in part by the Baton Savoie Scholarship offered through the Human Dimensions of Organizations Master's Program at the University of Texas at Austin. You can learn more about this episode and others at fostercareerexperience.com. Thank you.